Well, hello and welcome to the Smells Like Money podcast. Join me, Suzanne Chin-Taylor, the doo-doo diva, as I interview guests who are making an impact on how we manage and operate systems for conveying and treating wastewater. As a veteran of the wastewater, trenchless, and civil infrastructure industry, each week, I'll be bringing you industry know-how from industry pros who know how. Join me each week as I speak with representatives of organizations that are utilizing disruptive or new technologies and methods, and executives who are excited to share how to be successful and sustainable in our vital industry. So whether you want to learn about the latest trends in technology, in treatment or trenchless, gain tips on training and retaining great talent, or simply how to be more efficient, productive, or profitable, this podcast is for you. Ready? Let's dive right in. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Doo Diva Smells Like Money podcast. I am continuing my visit today with Chad Callen, CEO of Vectra Environmental, and they are a cleaning, hydroblasting, remediation, hydroexcavation, oil field, industrial process, wastewater, you name it. You can find more information about them on their website. Uh, but Chad is, I met him through LinkedIn, which as you know, I'm a great proponent of how wonderful LinkedIn to meet really interesting, wonderful people. Chad is one of those folks. And I have been following his posts on leadership. And so I wanted to bring him on the show and continue our dialogue from last time about some posts that he made that I found very interesting and thought-provoking. And I think there's something of great value to bring to our industry. Really, it, it can really apply to, to anybody, whether they're a contractor, a manufacturer, uh, a municipal utility and agency. It's, it's really just all about people and leadership. And what I loved that Chad really kind of admitted in this post is that he has spent a tremendous amount of time bettering himself in studying leadership and how to be a better leader. And a lot of us have done this. But one thing that he recognized that really intrigued me was he wasn't afraid to admit that in his search for all this information and to better himself, he realized that he had been spending more time on self-leadership instead of things that were important or better for his team. And so Chad, with that said, I wanna really open that up as to when that epiphany happened and what you decided to do to shift. Yeah, uh, thank you, Suzanne. It's a pleasure to join you again. Um, so. I was, you know, I was talking to one of my mentors about it at the time and, and kind of sharing my struggles and um, feeling like I was doing a lot of work on myself, but it wasn't really showing up. Um, I didn't feel like I was really being an effective leader. I, I was learning how to, and it just didn't, I wasn't seeing the results. Um, and and uh, it, her words to me were, if you want your team to trust your leadership, start by helping them to trust themselves, right? And it really got me to understand that, you know, I'd been kind of, I'd been 
focusing inward rather than focusing outward. Mm. Um, and it really changed my perspective. And, and, you know, the, the, it made me realize that leadership is a choice, but it's not my choice, right? It's the people who are, who are following me, they choose who they follow. Um, so if, if I wanted to be a leader, my job was to make them the best they could be. Um, and then if I could do that for them, then they would follow me. Wow. Um, one of the things that I loved in one of your posts was, and I'm going to let you answer. Yeah. So Chad, what is it that you do exactly? Yeah. Well, I, I like to say that, that I, uh, I open doors and I open doors and I raise ceilings. Um, and by that, you know, I, I believe that is, you know, given opportunities, um, you know, open the doors for, for people to have opportunities that they might not otherwise have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then raise their ceilings by challenging them to go farther give them give them assignments that push their their skills um ask more of them ask them to to do beyond what they've done in the past um to try to get them to achieve more than they've achieved in the past and i, I think that you know i i know for certain that that approach has has been vital to the success at vector i mean we we hire people um that may have hit a ceiling at, at one of our larger, you know, competitors. Uh, maybe they can't advance advance past a certain job title because they might not have the degree or they might not have, um, you know, right. whatever it is. They, they they don't fit the bill for that organization. Um, we've been able to bring people like that in, um, challenge them to, you know, okay, you're you're a, a supervisor at this company. We want you to be an account manager, um, and give them the tools to to achieve that. Um, set them up for success and and we've been able to keep a core group of people together by by doing just that by by raising their ceiling for them and and letting them take on bigger roles i love that raising the ceiling so something you mentioned about fine you you just alluded to that about providing the tools what do you what did you mean by find roadblocks yeah so uh, you know early in my career you know, I, I couldn't pinpoint it at the time, but I didn't believe in myself. Right. And, I, you know, there, because I, I had told myself the story enough or people had told me the story enough that this is what I was supposed to do. And this is as far as I was supposed to go. So oftentimes the roadblock is internal. Right. Um, and those are those can be hard to find. But if you can help someone identify what their self-limiting beliefs are. Mm. Um, then you can help them find ways beyond those, right? Sometimes the sometimes the 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 roadblock is external, right? Sometimes the roadblock is this person isn't especially proficient with technology. Um, so then you identify that that's their roadblock, and you give them tools to learn the technology that they need to be successful. Um, so sometimes the roadblocks are external, and sometimes they're internal. The key is working with them close enough to figure out what they are. Wow. And when, when you talk about giving feedback, um, what, what do you mean by that? Um, a lot of times, um, feedback from a manager level, sometimes feedback just means being called into the office when you do something wrong. Um, right. You know, uh, and that's not constructive feedback. You know, chances are I know I messed up. And then someone telling me again that I messed up isn't constructive feedback. Right. Um, feedback is it's in the moment that I saw you do this, this went well. 
Um, this is an area where you could improve and this is why it would make a difference. Um, constructive feedback like that, giving credit when something goes right, um, and then really digging in and understanding when something goes wrong and what could be done different to me is, is, uh, is good feedback. Um, not just, you know, being called in when, when something goes wrong. Um, feedback, positive feedback, I think is, is key to, to getting people to go farther. Uh, a lot of times the negative feedback really just shuts people down and you have to address the negative. I'm not saying we don't address the negative, right? Um, but there's a way to address it in a way that it becomes a learning experience, not just a, you know, a punitive discussion. Right. I was going to ask, you know, how do you turn, you know, there are going to be difficult situations, yeah. but it sounds like you have found a formula for when something does go wrong, instead of playing the blame game. Oh yeah. So, it's a, all right. Well then, okay, this went wrong. So how are you and I going to work together to fix it and put things in place so that it doesn't happen again or that somebody else in the organization doesn't fall into the same trap you did because yeah. they weren't aware. Yeah. And that, yeah. so that leads me to, I thought this was an interesting title was the ceiling of victimhood. Oh yeah. I, you know, that, um, you hear that topic of, you know, being the victim, you hear it a lot in self-help books and, and, and other types of, you know, areas of self-discovery and self-awareness. And I want to talk to you about what you meant by that yeah. and how it can be applied in business. Yeah. So for me, it's easy to spot, especially when, when I'm, when I'm in it, right. When I'm bumping like up against the ceiling of victimhood, it's, I can't do something because uh, it's someone else's fault, right? Um, I can't do something because of this. Um, I can't do something, especially because of this other person or uh, th those type of stories. When I start, when I start telling those stories, then I know I'm in it, all right? Um, right. And it, it really goes back to um, just kind of limiting myself based on external events and conditions. Um, if, if I'm constantly blaming someone or something for why I haven't been successful, why this project didn't turn out right, uh, chances are I'm not going to do the work to fix it, right? To change the conditions because all the conditions are someone else's problem, right? There's someone else's fault. Mm -hmm. um, if I can remove the victimhood aspect of it, really looked at what is my role in this, right? What part did I contribute? Um, and then, you know, I may or may not be successful beyond that point, but I've done all I can because I've changed the parts of that that I'm responsible for. Wow. So how can we as individuals, you know, you were saying that if you spot someone in your organization, yeah. you know, it seems like you've got a lot of great self-awareness, but other people may not. Yeah. And so as a leader who has developed that sense of awareness, how do you help those that to see what they're doing when you can see that they're in that trap of what you were calling their, they've hit that ceiling yeah, of victimhood, but, but they're not aware of it. How, how, how do you jump in and, uh, and work with that? So there's a four part kind of four step process um, that, I kind of use, and the, the, the acronym for it is LIFT, right? It's LIFT, okay. It, it's, it's listen, um, really listen to 
you know, listen to the other person, listen to what they say, listen to, listen for what we talked about, those self-limiting beliefs. If those come up, um, really understand what that person's going through and what their challenges are, right? Then the I is identify the problem. Um, and by identifying the problem, you're really focusing on the things that are in your control, right? Um, what, what is it about this that affects me personally or affects this person personally? Um, or that, so identify the problem. The F is focus on solutions. And by focusing on solutions, that is only the things that are in my ability to control. Mm, uh, so by, by focusing on solutions, I can't worry about what my coworkers are doing or saying. I can't worry about um, the, you know, just the things that I have control over, focus on those solutions. And then the T is take action. Um, and that's coming up with a plan of action smart goals and, and kind of concrete steps I can take to make progress along, you know, to, to fix the problem. Um, and then a set of, uh, you know, a, a system of accountability, like who am I going to check back in with around this? Um, who, who's going to work with me on this to make sure we're taking these steps. Have you used this pretty, it sounds like you've been using this pretty effectively within your organization. I, I use it personally too. I, I do it all the time on my, in my personal life when I'm kind of bumping up against something and, um, really just kind of focus on so what is it about this that's the problem um and you know if, if but it does i mean it works you can use the process um for conflict if two people are in conflict you kind of identify what the conflict is um if one person is struggling with a, a project at work you can use it for that it has you know has applications anywhere that that someone's struggling you know i've, I've been i've found this pretty versatile part, uh, process Right. Well, now that you bring that up, that kind of segues. I didn't have this on the list of questions, but it segues in. Um, as a leader, when conflicts come up and you've got two very, very valuable employees, but they are at odds with each other and it is creating disruption in the workplace. It's yeah. impacting everybody else because there might be some toxicity coming up because of this. What are some of the things that you've been successfully able to utilize to resolve that, to turn destructive conflict into productive conflict? Yeah. Well, well, the first thing that uh, my business partner and I have, have are, we start with getting everybody in the same room. Um, okay. Because I, th I think a lot of conflict, um, you know, I have my story and you have yours. And if there's someone kind of mediating, they're going to hear my story. They're going to hear yours and they've got to make up their mind what's true and what's not. Um, if we can get everyone in the room together and, and first agree on what the facts of the, of the conflict are, that's the first step. Um, because a lot of times that's the toughest one, right? Um, because a lot of the times conflict is really about perception and the, the facts of the matter if we can get past perceptions and get to the facts of the matter, sometimes the conflict will go away on its own because, oh, I didn't know you saw it that way. This is how I saw it, you know? Um, so that's the first part, really getting everyone in the room and try to get down to the basic facts of it. Um, and then you can look at, and how did it impact each person? Um, and then, okay, this is what the organization needs from this conflict. What does each individual need? Uh, and then try to, and sometimes you can meet those needs and sometimes you can't, um, but you do your best, you know, as, as a leader, you do your best in that situation to meet the individual needs. Um, and then 
you're not going to find, a, a, you, unfortunately, not all these end up in a nice, pretty bow. Um, but you come to a solution where um, you can kind of all agree that this is the best workable solution. And when we leave this room, this is what we're going to all walk out holding, you know. Um, and if you can get all everyone walking out, holding the same message, um, you know, it, it, a lot of the, at least the heat from the conflict goes away. Right. Right. Well, thank you for sharing this. Cause I mean, it's, it's, you know, conflict is inevitable. Absolutely. Conflict is inevitable. It's what we do with it that yeah. really matters at the end of the day. And it's also that, that thing where, if you start seeing that you have a lot of people and I've, I've run into this where you've got one department, especially in a larger organization, maybe like yours, where you see there's, there seems to be a high amount of turnover in one particular department. Hmm. Well, could it be the people you're hiring or could it be the person that they have to report to on yeah. a, you know, a supervisor? What's, what's going yeah. on here to, to create that kind of uh stripe within an organization. And so, because, you know, your posts are wonderful. And again, for those who didn't tune in last time, I, I really recommend if you're not connected with Chad to look him up on LinkedIn, read some of his posts on leadership. There is just a wealth of really, I mean, amazing insight for businesses of all kinds. Um, I, I just really love what he has to say. But uh, Chad, could you, uh, what I'd really like to leave with is Give us your top three things that have really worked for you of late that have helped you to find, train, and then really the most important thing, retain good talent. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, as you're, I'm sure you and all of your listeners know, that's a challenge for every business right now, right? The great uh, resignation. Yeah. The great, yep. Yep. Um, you know, finding people, what's been, what, what works for us is really reaching out to the people in our organization um, and asking for who in your life would you want to work beside, right? Who, who in your life do you think would make a good team member? Um, and, you know, it's it's all of our you know most of our talent comes in that way because our employees have been in the industry for a long time they've worked you know we've only been in business 11 years so they were working in the industry before vector was even an entity mm -hmm. um so there are people in the industry that they know and trust uh, and and bringing in people that way we've been able to find really talented people who are long-term professionals who take their job seriously. So we've been very fortunate in that aspect. Um, but, but so to find people, we, we look to the people who, who, who already, who we already have um, to, uh, to retain them. Uh, you know, I, I think it goes back to the, uh, the conversation we had previously about, you know, really investing in your people on a personal level. Um, and making them feel like they're part of something more than just a paycheck um, to, to give them, you know, something about the organization that, that they can find meaning in um, is helpful. You know, it, it definitely, you, you, we can't keep every, everybody and, and some people are still going to, you know, leave for a better opportunity. And we, we, right. we encourage that. If you think you have a better opportunity, go, go 
you know, go chase it. And if it doesn't work out, please come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but we want to give them something that we want them to feel a part of something more than just a paycheck. Right. Then what was the third one? I'm sorry. Oh, no, just any, anything that you could, uh, oh, well, you, you kind of follow this is training. Training, yeah, training is one thing. What, yeah. what do you do? Because obviously training someone so that they don't make mistakes and cost yeah. you money is, is equally important to yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the work we do is dangerous, you know, so, yes, we it is. Make sure, so, so we want to make sure that when they go out there, they're not going to hurt themselves, their coworkers or the, the customer's equipment. You know, we, we, so we want to send them out um, knowing that they're going to operate in a safe manner. Uh, and, and that's really, you know, when it comes to mentorship, we try to, to put our new hires with someone who's, if it is someone who's new to the industry, uh, put them with someone who's who's accomplished, that has a, a history of working safely, uh, believes in the safe work culture, um, and then let those people in our organization mentor the new hires um, and show them kind of how we how how we expect them to work um, and and conduct themselves. And it's been it's been you know it's worked for us so far. Not knock on wood. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well, again, Chad, thank you for spending so much time and giving up time from your busy day. And, you know, when we talk about leadership, um, one thing I wanted to ask you, this is just as an aside, because you do post a lot of content on social media about leadership. You're really, you know, you're becoming kind of an influencer within within that arena. What would you say uh, has been the value of social media in you attracting like-minded people for your business. I've, I've met with other executives that had said that, you know, their content on social media has really made a difference mm-hmm. in them finding quality people. Would you, would you agree that that has helped you in the virtual space for your recognition? Yeah, it certainly helped me connect with people in the industry. Um, you know, and it, it, I didn't set out to do that. I, you know, I set out to really just kind of share some thoughts. Um, when I when I started posting on LinkedIn, I don't know that it, that I had an intent an, uh, an intention really in mind other than to share some thoughts. Um, but it's certainly, you know, I, I I tell everybody who you know who's in a position of leadership, share your thoughts on LinkedIn because it makes us all better. All right, I, I read a lot of LinkedIn posts. Um, because it's, it's always nice to hear someone else's perspective. Um, and I, I've, I've met a ton of great people and, and made a lot of really good relationships through, um, through their response to my posts and my response to some of theirs. Yeah, it's, it's, we're all getting interconnected. The world is getting smaller. And I think that's a good thing. Absolutely. That's a good thing. Yeah. I Absolutely. think if it hadn't been for platforms like this during the pandemic, I think, we all would have, blah, 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 or we yeah. all would have lost our business because we had <laughs> yeah. to shift. We had to shift gears, and thank goodness, thank goodness for Zoom. Who yeah. would have ever imagined, even like five years ago, that we could not live with this thing that you and I are doing right now? Absolutely. We cannot. We can. I think thinking back then, we never imagined. We're probably old enough to remember the Jetsons. Right. And remember, Jane Jetson had to put on her her. Her, uh, her face mask or you know we were watching that as kids seeing oh that'll be so cool that we'll have tv like telephone right. you know yeah. television reviewable video telephone calls and we thought oh no that's never going to happen in our lifetime and and here we are 
Yeah. Here we are. It's just, it's a good thing. It's a really good it thing. Hey, it led me to you and, and you sharing your wisdom here today. So again, thank you for being on the show. The, the correct information and all of Chad's contact information will be in the show notes at the bottom of the podcast and the video cast. Really encourage you to connect with him and follow these posts. You're going to get a lot out of it. And so again, thank you for joining us. And until next time, keep it flowing. Thanks so much for joining me, the Doo Diva, on this week's episode of Smells Like Money. What stood out to you this week? Share your takeaways by leaving me a review. You can find out more about the new technologies, creating sustainable solutions and insights on how to succeed in our vital industry by subscribing to the show. Whether you want to learn about the latest trends in wastewater infrastructure, treatment or trenchless, you've got it all right here at Smells Like Money. If you're an industry expert and would like to be considered as a guest for the show, book a quick chat with me by visiting calendly.com forward slash the Tuit group forward slash B dash A dash podcast dash guest or simply click the link in the show notes below. Until next week, a big shout out to all my industry friends and those who will be. You are my superheroes. Thanks for tuning in, keeping it flowing, and we'll see you all next week.